Get creative and earn cash for spring clothes at Plato's Closet. Sell your gently used warm weather styles like tees, shorts, sandals, and more. We pay cash on the spot for gently used styles for guys and girls in their teens and 20s. Go through your closet and sell us the spring clothes, shoes, and accessories that you no longer need for cash on the spot. Turn your spring clothes into cash at Plato's Closet. With 14 locations in the Atlanta area, find your nearest location at platosclosetcom what they don't want you to know with your host, Mr. Noriega. Is the government keeping secrets? You bet they are. And here, those secrets are revealed. Teachers, seven years researching the common core of the education system. Author Noriega. What they don't want you to know. Welcome back. I wanted to talk about a subject that is interesting to most of you out there. A subject that is quite intriguing. It's about hell, about the actual state of a physical place called hell. And so these are things that you don't know about hell, but you should probably know before you die. Recently, I was reading uh, one of these social media commentaries on Matthew Perry. I don't know if you follow any of Matthew Perry's work. He's the actor that portrays Chandler uh, in this soap opera called Friends, NBC, I believe it is. Anyway, in this, he plays a wannabe actor, one of the main characters in the skit, the show. Recently, because we all know that, uh, well, if you follow social media and if you follow... Uh, culture, pop culture at all, which I don't. But sometimes these interesting stories come across my phone, come across my computer, and I click on them because they hit right on the spot. You see, Matthew Perry recently said, and I want to quote this directly, I don't want to misquote it, but he said uh, recently, Don't let anybody tell you that there's not a hell. There is a hell. I've been there. And so what does that mean? What does that mean? He's been there. Don't let anyone tell you different. I've been there. Well, in his career and especially recently, Matthew Perry has had to go through a lot of rehab because of his drug addictions. He's had heart attacks and complications. He had to have been hospitalized many times. And most recently, he died. He died and it's an experience. He tells us that he got pulled down to Abaddon, to the abyss, to the outer darkness. Let me tell you something about these actors nowadays. It's significant, and the reason why it's significant that an actor like Matthew Perry would tell you this, would come out straight out and tell you that there is a hell, is so significant because the very existence of hell and the very existence and, and admitting that he himself was wicked enough to go to hell 
tells you something. Tells you that he must have been scared out of his mind from being in this place. Because as an actor, as somebody that is deeply in Hollywood, he would have had to go through the satanic rituals. He would have had to commit to the pacts, to the covenants that evolve the secret society of men. You see, actors today in Hollywood, all actors, doesn't matter if whatever movie you're in or whether you're girl or boy, doesn't matter. If you are to be anyone in Hollywood today, you have to have had accepted the rituals, the ceremonies, and the philosophies of the actors. You have to have embraced the New World Order and embraced everything that goes along with it. This includes athletes, includes rock stars, this includes everybody that has come openly against it because as you know in their cancel culture, cancel culture is all about taking out the actors that don't go along with them, don't go along with the script, and certainly don't go along with their satanic rituals, their blood shedding. And so Matthew Perry is a big part of popular culture that we know for a fact, we know that he's had to have embraced everything that Hollywood embraces. Everything wicked, anything horrible. And of course, the lifestyle just is drowning in drugs. Drugs and alcohol. So what happens to an actor like this? What happens to somebody when they get a stroke and they die? Let me guide you through that. You see, when we die, the energy that is you, the energy that surrounds us, the aura that comes around and goes around our body, it comes from within, the light of life. This light that comes from Christ, life itself. The thing that makes you, you the uniqueness of it, this life that we call the breath of life. When we die, we are severed from our body. In other words, our spirit no longer cleaves to our mortal body. We no longer are connected in a physical way, almost like an umbilical cord, almost as an attachment, a literal attachment, as you would have to your mother when you are born. A physical lifeline that gives your body the light of life. And so, when you die, this thing that we are inside, this living entity, separates from our body. And in many times, we find ourselves floating or standing next to our own body. The reason for this is so that we can recognize, so we can understand, we can see the fact that we have moved on. We are dead now. Now, the breaking, the bond of life itself does not break immediately. There is a moment between death as the Princess Bride would call it as that wonderful, wonderful book and movie would say. 
there is dead and there is dead dead. Now, there's mostly dead and there's completely dead, right? There's mostly dead. Mostly dead is when you just die. And at that moment, at that precise moment, you are now no longer inside your body. You are free. You are free from your physical pain hovering above your body. And perhaps at this point, you are seeing yourself in shock because the body that you're looking at, you know it's you, but it doesn't really resemble you. Why? Because it's the same effect that happens when somebody dies and they go, we go to a funeral home and we see the shell of that person and it is nothing like the living person. The soul, the spirit has left the body. What makes that person unique is gone and all we see is the shell. And so sometimes we don't say it doesn't even look like them. It's not like them anymore. Well, this might be the experience that you will have right at the point of death. And then at that point, at that precise point, if you have become a candidate, you have to become a candidate in this life. It's not easy to do that. Remember, most of us will not experience going to hell. Most of us will experience dying, moving on, and going to an intermediate place called the spirit world. But if you are a candidate of hell, a candidate of outer darkness, immediately the grasps of hell will grab you. You might say, well, what does it take to become a candidate of hell? What does it take to become a candidate? You must be in league with Lucifer, with the destroyer, with the king of all that is unholy and have pledged yourself to him. In other words, sold your soul, become an enemy to God, sacrificed innocent blood. This is why the actors must go to a secret island that we all are familiar with because the flight manifesto has been revealed. We must they must go there and they must partake in rituals, satanic rituals that involve a sick and disgusting outpouring of Sodom and Gomorrah-like rituals. Sodom and Gomorrah-like sodomy. And the sacrifice of innocent blood. This is where the child trafficking ring comes into play. The child trafficking ring is tens of thousands, tens of thousands, thousands upon thousands of children being abducted every day, taken with these massive organizations that exist inside of churches, inside of police precincts, inside of the elected officials that you've elected and those that have stolen the election. These big child trafficking rings all have one purpose. Number one, 
to sex traffic these children. Number two, to send the ones that are younger so that they can be sacrificed before an altar to the king of darkness, the lord of darkness. Why? Because this is part of the initiatory system. If you do not go through this ritualistic initiation, something that was shown to us in that movie, Eyes Wide Shut, putting it in our face, this horrible scene of satanic ritual, if you do not go along with it, then you can't get anywhere at all. Fame, the fortune, it's not offered. You cannot go by your own marriage. You have to become part of them. And they are the sickest perversion that has existed upon this planet. And it's an old order. Don't get me wrong. This order comes all the way back to the time when Adam walked the earth and Eve, his wife, bare children to the time where Cain killed his brother for gain, killed his brother in order to sacrifice innocent blood and in order to make a pact with the evil one. This same satanic worship has existed since the beginning of time, since the first master mayhem. And so you must belong to this group of citizens. That's one way, one way to be a candidate of hell. And so how did Chandler get there? How did Matthew Perry get there? Well, belonging to the secret society of men and promulgating, promulgating the message to you. And what is the message, the propaganda? Propaganda is good is evil, and evil is good. So, the message of, of, of Matthew Perry having told us is the significance of it is incredible because you understand that to have somebody deeply entrenched with the secret society of men and come out and openly admit, number one, A, I'm going against my promises. So therefore, I become a target now. Not only do I become a target of cancel culture, which comes immediately, but I also become a target of death because death is the penalty for divulging these things. Death is the penalty for going against what Master Mayhem has given you, which is fame and fortune at the price of your soul. And so, the dramatic impact of having one of their own come out and openly tell you that first hell exists is incredible because this puts a stamp and tells you, number one, there is a hell. Number two, we, the actors that are teaching you these things, are going there. I am going there. So that's an incredible thing. Why would he do something like that? He would do something like that, just like the parable that Jesus spoke in Matthew, telling us that in hell, 
they would just, they would, they would beg for one drop of water from the tip of your finger and to go warn them. If, if we could get out of hell, we could warn the people not how horrible it is in here, not to come. What awaits you? Jesus spoke this parable, but the irony is who can come back from hell? Well, we would assume nobody. That's not the reality. The reality is many people, many, many people, not a few, not a select few, but many people have been given the vision when they die or when they're close to death of hell. They have been thrust down there by a loving and kind Heavenly Father to show them, to open the gaping mouth of what awaits them and to wake them up, to shake them up so they can know this is the place you're going to if you do not repent, if you do not change your ways. And it is such a perilous place, such a dark and dreary wilderness, such a wasteland. That if you wake up from that, if you come out of that, it doesn't matter anymore. Your life doesn't matter anymore. Your fame doesn't matter anymore. What matters is having to suffer this eternal damnation forever. That's what matters because you've been given a glimpse of this. So hell does exist. And the vision of it, the vision of it is given to many. In fact, if you make it your point to research this a little bit, you will be able to get more glimpses into what hell is like because you will probably know many people that went there already. This vision is not for a few people. This vision, especially in this last days, is for many, many people. This vision of open hell is getting shown to the youth, to the old, to the young, men and women everywhere across the earth because we are all becoming candidates of outer darkness. You see, when the light is given to you, and this is another one, when the light in the covenant is given to you and you forsake that covenant completely, and kick against it, then you become a candidate for hell and outer darkness. So, when hell comes upon you at the moment of death or at the moment of a vision, at a moment when you are at your lowest, demons will creep in everywhere. They will grab you. They will pull you down. You will be thrust through and through to a place that is no other place. Now, a lot of people have read this chapter 19 in the Doctrine and Covenants and wondered and said, well, maybe the state of hell is not a permanent one because they've read the passages in chapter 19 that say, I did not say eternal damnation. And they say, well, maybe you get to come out of hell after a time. Maybe you get to come out. Let me explain chapter 19 
of the Doctrine and Covenants because chapter 19 is not talking about hell as a permanent location, the hell where we go after we resurrect, being a candidate of hell. But rather, it is talking about the spirit world and spirit prison. Confusing? It says hell. Well, let me put it this way to you because let me unconfuse you. You see, hell and spirit prison are one and the same. Again, hell and spirit prison or outer darkness, they're one and the same place. The only difference being that one is temporary and one is eternal. One you get to come out of in the resurrection and one you get to get thrust into permanently after the resurrection. So let me explain that to you again. You see, in Doctrine and Covenants 19, when it's talking about hell, and it's talking about the place that is not eternal, it's talking about the state of the soul between when the body dies and the spirit permanently, remember I told you about that attachment of the spirit and the body. Well, when that link permanently severs, like cutting an umbilical cord, when that link severs, then you can no longer return to the land of the living without resurrection, complete resurrection. Now you are dead and you have to go through a portal that takes you to another realm here on earth called the spirit world. And if you have been good, you will go to a place called paradise. But this podcast, this episode is not about paradise, is it? No. This podcast is about the other place. If you are not a candidate of paradise, the place of rest until your body resurrects because you have been good, then you are a candidate for chains and for darkness for damnation and for stagnation, a place to suffer for the sins that you have committed, the crimes that you have made here on earth will be bonding you and shackling you down to the abyss. And there where there is no light, no hope, no goodness, you will roam as a spirit of hopelessness and be in chains. Now, where is that place? Because now we have a ruler on our planet, don't we? We have a ruler, a prince of darkness that calls himself the God of this world, Satan himself. And where does Satan live? Where is he living right now? Ask yourself the question, does Satan live somewhere else or does he live on earth? Well, the destroyer lives on earth. He was thrust down to earth from heaven along with one third of the angelic host as recorded in Revelations. And so his dwelling abode is earth. So, if you have just thrust down the demon, the dragon, thrust him down to hell 
as the scriptures say, and in another place thrust him down to earth, as the scriptures say, then is not earth and hell the same place? Now, I'm not talking about where we're living. I'm not talking about this realm where we're at. I'm talking about a state of existence that exists upon the planet earth. So you can have many state of existence on the same plane, in the same realm. We live on earth a planet, but that same planet can host living creatures and a different entire realm, the same planet can host unliving creatures, creatures that are not able to be seen with the naked eye, spirits of men dead and spirits that were never born at all. There are the spirits of the angels thrust down to hell. So, what happens to that one-third of the demons that are thrust down from heaven once angels? They are thrust down to the abode and the pit of darkness, which is hell. They have hell here on earth because they cannot have heaven. They have death and spiritual darkness and complete spiritual death, outer darkness. They don't live in light. Do you think for a moment that God has given the devil and his angels light? Because he hasn't. They live in hell. While at the same time and in the same place we live on earth. In the realm of the living. And so the realm of the living occupies the same space and time as the realm of the dead, but in a different way. We occupy the folds of light while they occupy the shadows of darkness. And we are not in the same place. We just occupy and pass by each other in the same planet. Now, to put it a little more complicated for you, those spirits, once they're dead and are in the realm of the living, in other words, here where we are, have to travel through a portal that takes them to the realm of spirits again on this earth. And here on this earth, they are either thrust to hell, the place where the Doctrine and Covenants calls spirit prison, the chains of hell, or they get to be a elevated to a beautiful place called paradise. So Doctrine and Covenants 19, when it is explaining about this place, this vision that is open to people and yet closed again so that those people cannot remember it exactly because you can't comprehend the horribleness of hell unless you're there and once you're out, the vision quickly closes and the memory of it subsides. I've seen this. I've seen this in my own uncle who has explained to me when I was a youth of having visited hell, having been there, died and gone there and seen Christ and seen the devil. And yet when I asked him about it years later, he couldn't even remember it. See, the vision of hell is quickly shut up because our brain can't even comprehend it. 
But this verse in Doctrine and Covenant that says, I did not say it was everlasting, means simply that the state between death and the resurrection is not everlasting. What's the longest it can last? Good question. The longest it could last is a thousand years after the first resurrection has begun during the millennium. So during the millennium, when people resurrect and start coming out of the graves, and that has been going on since the resurrection of Christ, this is all the first resurrection. That resurrection that lasts for a thousand years does not include the spirits of the dead that are candidates for outer darkness and candidates for a the least heaven, the least level of heaven available to man, which would be the celestial kingdom, the, the, the heaven that would be considered the lowest kingdom. Because as Jesus Christ said, in my house, there are many mansions. And as also explained in the scriptures, in the New Testament, I was brought up to the third heaven, meaning where Christ and God abode, and they abide there forever and ever. So candidates that are not Christ and not God's will be thrust to hell because of their whoredoms, because of their wickedness, their perversion, their abomination, their murders, their secret acts, their sorceries. These things, loving and living a lie and cleaving on to darkness, give you the candidacy to become darkness. And so therefore, when you die, you don't go through a beautiful tunnel of lights. No, you get sucked into the abyss into this realm of darkness and shadow where demons prowl and where there is no hope and where you have to suffer the pains of hell, the pains of your own doing and the bitter cup that you have to drink. Just like Matthew Perry, there is a hell. I've been there. These are the words you should ponder in your heart because... If you continue or if you understand that if the world continues in this course, you need to know things you don't know about hell, but probably should before you die. Because these things will come upon everyone that takes upon them the bitterness of vicious sin, the crimes of blood, of lust, and of lies, of sorceries, and of lavishness. These are the abominations of desolations. And if you mix yourself with these things, your light becomes darkness. And the darkness swallows you up. And then that evil one, meaning the devils that are thrust from heaven down to this earth, that have been able to persuade you, number one, to take that sin. 
Number two, after you have been persuaded sufficiently to sin enough and enticed enough to put certain chemicals in your body that alter your state of mind in an altered state. I don't know if you saw that movie of the 70s, Altered States. In an altered state of reality. Enough so to open the window of your soul and allow these devils, these demons, these disembodied, non-bodied demons to enter your tabernacle and take over so they can see as legions through your eyes and feel through your skin and have part of the flesh and the bone and then be lustful and be crazy and be wild and angry and kill and maim and make to suffer all for enjoyment and pleasure. If you have become such a soul, then your candidacy is complete. And so you will be entangled and become part of this outer realm, this darkness, and it will engulf you. So, before you die, know where you're going. And if it lasts a thousand years, it lasts a thousand years. But don't become a candidate for hell in an eternal sense because if that happens there is no coming back no forgiveness and the evil one is able to possess your soul now that's a nice nice tone right there possess your soul the same way he was able to do it here on earth. So don't think for one second that good is evil and evil is good and you will be able to choose good when you're dead. No, the same person that you are will be the same person that your spirit is because you are one. And the same person that is enticed and seduced by the wicked one and his lure will be the same person that is pulled and dragged down to the abyss and the eternal fire. So that is the warning of one that comes from them, which is you're hearing it directly from popular culture and Matthew Perry saying, I know that this place exists. I've been thrust there. I've gone there because I'm such a wicked man. He is trying to make amends, people. Trying to make amends, trying to show the world that they need to not go there. Because as the parable of Jesus Christ in the New Testament said, if somebody from hell would be just able to tell the people alive what it's like so they could not come, well, Jesus didn't say that parable for naught. One that was dead is able. In fact, there are many, many that can tell you the same tale. Hell exists. Don't let anyone tell you differently. And you better find out before you die. What they don't want you to know.
with your host, Mr. Noriega. Is the government keeping secrets? You bet they are. To hear those secrets are revealed, teachers seven years researching the common core of the education system. Author Noriega. What they don't want 